Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All things in the name of love. With your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music performed and written by Megan Moreau. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Let it flow. Episode 52, Healing from Within and Surrendering with Nicole Kane. Today, I have the honor of having Nicole Kane with me. Nicole has written in her beautiful bio, God is within her. She will not fall. The verse that broke down the walls of fear and allowed God to bring healing and freedom. Nick Marie is a woman of unashamed faith whose mission is to help others experience breakthrough and freedom through Christ. Despite life's obstacles, tragedies, and valleys she has walked through, Nick brings you along as she has given her life to Christ while sharing her testimony. While Nick struggled with depression, anxiety, suicide attempts, the loss of two parents, and a virus that kept hospitalizing her, it has been God's strength that has brought her to her true freedom. When speaking with Nick, her transparency and vulnerability opens the door for others to step into their own strength and courage. By sharing actionable items through her story that can be implemented into your daily life to help create unashamed faith, you will find yourself on the other side of the tunnel experiencing a freedom unlike anything before. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much because one of the reasons I have this podcast is to take down the the discomfort of of having faith. Like I am a spiritual person and and I want to make spirituality normal in our world because we've been One, hiding for yeah, we've been hiding. 100%. I completely agree. <laughs> Yay. Which is why you're on the podcast. <laughs> it's so perfect. No. Um well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I'm just I'm so honored and excited to be here and to see what comes up in conversation. I always love this because you just never know. And it always leads to just such in-depth and deep and great conversation with golden nuggets. Mm -hmm. I truly believe. So I am excited. Me too. And I just love the fact that, you know, your bio is a brief description of your life experiences. However, you're touching on these deep pieces of anxiety, of fear, of self-loathing, of loss that hits all of us in different degrees. And and I know for me, when my dad died, gave me a huge boost of faith was actually feeling his spirit leave his body. Mm. And it was this, I thought I knew stuff. And I really don't have any idea. So I need to go within to figure out what it is that 
my dad just became that I am too. And so I want to hear about your journey and how you started out and how your faith has grown with each step of adversity. Absolutely. It's so amazing because it's such a loaded question. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's no, it's no simple, there's no simple answer and there's no easy way. I think, you know, for me, I, so I am an only child from the Midwest. I grew up in Wisconsin, had two parents that absolutely, they truly loved and adored me. You know, they were amazing. We always had food on the table. We always had a roof over our head, cars to drive, clothing on our back, things were always there and taken care of. But within that, on the outside, right, it looked so absolutely amazing. You know, we had such a great, the big, beautiful home. But on the inside, there was a lot of damage. There were a lot of things that as I got older and learned that actually got passed down through generations. And what kind of became known was that my parents were very distant from each other. So even though everything was great and they loved me, there was a huge disconnect there. And so a lot of things in our family were very forced. Like we really did not have family dinners. Maybe once a month we would try to do like Sunday night family dinner. But other Mm. than that, it was very separate. It was very unique and individual. We would go to church together for a little bit. And we went to a non-denominational church at that time when I was a kid. But as things started to come up, I could start to see just this distance and this disconnect. And I grew up as a daddy's girl, total daddy girl, like on the back of the motorcycle. When I was a kid, I looked just like my dad. I mean, if you put our baby pictures next to each other, like you would not be able to tell the difference. It was so creepy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so my dad and I just had this very, very special bond and I absolutely loved it. But it, with that meant that I was very disconnected from my mom. And I learned, of course, at a young age, being an only child, like, well, if I couldn't get one thing from one parent, I would go to the other. So of course I created a little bit more discord, which Mm -hmm. what I didn't realize is how much of that actually played into a lot of the things that ended up getting thrown back in my face as I got older. And as, as some of the things with my dad got revealed, so my, my dad was an alcoholic and really just, it got to the point where at one point he was in jail. There were moments where we would go out. I did not realize it until later on, you know, we were in the car and all of a sudden I'd realize how inebriated he was when was actually in a, in a snowstorm. Yeah. I was actually just sharing this this moment with somebody the other day, because sometimes I try to block some of those things out, right? As, yeah. as we, we don't know how to process them. So there have been a lot of things that are just like, Oh, let's just put a blanket over that. And mm. oh, bye, we'll see you later and not ever deal with it. And so with that, it was just kind of the realization as I'm getting older and realizing that the things that would come even out of my dad's mouth were very hurtful, very, you know, speaking such negative things, you know, speaking just horrible things over my life about who I was as a child, who I was as a person. But then what was really hard is that 30 seconds later, I was like the golden child and I was smarter than George Bush and I was his princess. And then again, 30 seconds later, I was the reason that they're getting a divorce. And I was the reason that 
their marriage was ending and I was the reason that there were problems and that like if I had spoke there was abuse that was threatened there was a ton of just verbal and emotional abuse within all of that so it became very overwhelming so it's like those little things which that really led to kind of the the depression if you will a lot of mm-hmm. areas where that kind of started to come out where it was how do I control these emotions the self-mutilation started to happen where it was like there was any way to get relief right it would be with my wrists it would be on my ankles it would be in different areas and it it even got to the point where they would match my medication with my dad's medication just assuming because we have the same genes and dna well if it works for her maybe it'll work for him and vice versa so it just kind of like i felt like a an experiment half Mm -hmm. the time and i got to the point where my mom just wanted to appease me so i'd be like this is where we're gonna go in i don't care if we're lying but we're lying to the doctor this is what i want to say we're going to get a new prescription and we're going to get out because i just was so numb to the Mm -hmm. world and so not like i couldn't handle emotion and i didn't Mm -hmm. know how to handle it in a healthy way whatsoever so it was just easier to either be numb or to again do the self-mutilation and to not have to worry and it it even got to the point where my dad would say okay well here's how i would cut i remember one time sitting in the (gasps) living room floor and he's like here's how i would cut in between my toes so that nobody will see it nobody will know and i'm like that's not a normal conversation to have with your parent when they're trying to tell you where and how to self-mutilate because they just you know I think that that's bonding and okay. And, mm. and realizing later on that a lot of that, again, came from so much of just, he didn't know how to handle, he didn't know how to have those conversations or to deal with the emotions and the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the alcohol himself. So it continued to lead down a spiral. There were in high school, between middle school and high school, there were multiple suicide attempts on my end. Same with my dad, actually. He, you know, at one point ended up in jail because of the drinking and driving, you know, got arrested for that. And it was, so there was just a lot of every single piece. So through that, through the ups and downs of our relationship, you know, there would be moments that my mom and I would go look at apartments and say, we're going to leave because we just can't live like this anymore. But there was the threat of him for suicide, right? So it's like, my mom didn't want to carry that. And I don't blame her. We would stay and we would continue. But we just always lived under this oppression, this not there was no joy there was no happiness and I kind of just thought that that's what life was like right I thought it was this emotional roller coaster and somebody either loves you really extreme or there's a fight or there's just really no communication or you know it's just all these negative things that were attached to it and so throughout all of those years even as going into an adult I was when my dad passed away I was I just turned 21 and I had I had sat at his feet on the couch I I would get to the point where I would just kind of go visit him knowing that our relationship was severely, severely strained. But at the same time, I didn't want to lose, no one wants to lose their parents. No one wants to, you know, if I had the choice, he would still absolutely be here with us today. And it, I mean, he was just straight drunk all the time at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, You know, his work would call me from other, and he ran a company, but they would call and say, Nick, what's going on? And there's this and that. And I would go check on him and I would do stuff and I would just hang out with him and he'd kind of just, he'd be lucid and then out of it and then in and out of it. And he would just kind of jump back into conversations. And it was just, we would just be, be together at that point. And I, because I didn't understand it, I didn't understand the alcohol side of it. I didn't understand truly what he was going through. I would Mm -hmm. sit and beg him to get better and beg him to, mm-hmm. to try to, you know, like, don't you want to see your daughter walk down the aisle? Don't you want to marry me off? Don't you want to have, you know, see your grandkids, right? Like, don't you want to be a part of my life? And what happened with that is, you know, like half the time he just couldn't even comprehend what I was saying. And, and 
a few weeks later, the actually the week that I had printed off paperwork to actually do like an involuntary submission, I was going to call the fire department and call the police and get like fill out all the paperwork and submit him so that he could go to the hospital was, sorry. I'm sorry, honey. Um, was the weekend that he passed. Oh, and, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. And it's crazy. It's been almost 12 years. Yeah, it's still, you know, through a lot of the healing, you know, it doesn't get easier, yeah. right? There's always well, still... love him. Yeah, there's always still pain. And there's always something that is beautiful that comes out of it. And that's mm-hmm. part of my faith, right? Is that mm-hmm. to me, God works all things for good. And, and what that has led to is, you know, for me that I went, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I started drinking. I didn't know yeah. how to process the emotion. It was too, I mean, I, I crumbled, just crumbled. And so alcohol for me was a quick and easy way to turn, right? And just naturally, even though knowing that that's what had killed him, it just still didn't matter. I was 21. I was young. I was careless. And so with that, that carried over into so many relationships that carried into so many issues. And I was in a six-year relationship at one point and, and I remember my ex going, this has nothing to do with me. This has to do with your dad. And I was like, no, you just don't do what I want you to do. You don't do this. You don't do this. And you don't do that. And you don't, you're not like this. You don't love me the way that I need to be loved. And um, slowly going through a lot uncovered that that actually really does go back to a lot of the parental things, a lot of the stuff that was either lacking from my dad or had happened from my dad, whether I knew it or not. Mm-hmm. And so a journey that happened to me was in December of 2018, I had finally decided to step back into a church. And it was a very spiritual church, just the worship music, the the message from the pastor. It was one of the nights that we were, the, the church was doing a baptism. And it was so interesting to see adults get baptized. I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful. And I'm I'm like, I got to go back. I got to like, I'm just, I'm being pulled to this. Like my spirit is something is being drawn to this and understanding. And, and it really just opened up new doors. And so it was March 4th, which was actually two days after my dad's birthday, March 4th of 2019, that I decided to, again, dedicate my life to Christ and to say, I, I give it to you, Jesus. I'm not sure what this is like, but I know that I need something because what I've been doing for the last 31 years is not working. And I just, I'm at my wit's end. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm arguing. Like, I'm just, something's missing, right? There's a huge piece of my life that is missing. And so that same night, I got prayed for salvation, you know, prayed over for salvation, and then went to just someone else to pray with a female because he's like, there's there's more freedom that you need. There's something else that we need to work on, but I would feel more comfortable if there was a female praying over you. And, and this gentleman's wife had actually had just opened up. So I kind of went next to it. And the craziest thing, she goes, okay. And we just chatted for, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds, you know, and she's like, congratulations, you just got saved, like, we're hugging, we're like, this is amazing. And she goes, okay, we need to start praying for forgiveness for your dad. And I'm just like shaking. And I'm like, what? Like, no way, Jose. And I, it started this insane journey of true forgiveness with him, with myself, but with having faith in that everything is working out for good, that everything will be okay. Cause there's always that fear of hurt and loss and pain. And I know for me, it was like, I experienced pain in the immediate moment of a lot of these things that have happened, right? Whether it was a suicide attempt, whether it was self-mutilation, whether it was the loss of my dad, the loss of my stepdad, going through heartbreak in relationships, friendships, losing that, but feeling that pain, it's a blessing and a curse. I have mm-hmm. such a high level of emotion that it is amazing because I have 
so much love to give. I have so much emotion that when you are in my life, like what you can receive and what you will and do receive from me is so beautiful. But on the opposite side of that, that means it goes deep. So when it hurts, it hurts to the core, shaken down a million times over again. And so instead of wanting to face that, sometimes it's easier to just become, put this wall up, right? Become guarded, become, you know, a a negative person, become a mean person, become, you know, I glorified myself as being like, well, that's fine. If people think I'm a B-I-T-C-H, no big deal. Like, I don't care. At least they can't hurt me, right? Because I was the sassy one. I had the attitude. I had all of these things to try to protect myself, Mm -hmm. thinking that that was actually protection. And so through that journey, it was those walls. And, and I didn't realize how much actually goes back to what happens with a parent. Because mm-hmm. every time I would go for prayer or go for an altar call or go to get something healed, they're like, oh, we have to go forgive your dad again. I'm like, what? Did we yeah. not do this already? I'm like, I did years ago. <laughs> and they're like, oh, honey, you have a lot to learn. You have so yeah. much to learn about this. And I'm like, okay. So it it was the the layers that kept coming yeah. back and and what it was is that within those is that those walls broke down and I was able to build a relationship with God. So so for me, I look at it and I'm so blessed to have two fathers. I have my father God, and then I have my earthly father and my dad who is here and that they're both in heaven together. And I spent a lot of time understanding that and going through that, and knowing that I have these men right that are guiding and loving me and and protecting me and still seeing and they're still proud of me even when I make mistakes and still proud but it's built this that there's something there like I can't see it I can feel it Mm -hmm. you said like Mm -hmm. you know that there's that spirit because it was that same thing I was having an emotional healing session and one of the questions that came up and I I had been scared to ask for so long, I was like, was my dad in hell, right? Knowing, you know, mm-hmm. to me, I believe this is my truth, that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And that if you have not given your life to Christ, and if you do not believe that there's Jesus, then you do go to hell. And so for me, I was like, my dad grew up as a Catholic, obviously went to church, but I'm like, I don't know where he was at in his final days. I really don't. That was not, you know, a subject that we really were anywhere near in that mm-hmm. time and having a conversation about. So I remember just asking that and so the woman that I was working with she goes why don't you just ask like like ooh, whoa <laughs> whoa I don't know if I can handle the answer because I just mm-hmm. don't know but it was as soon as I put it out there it was having faith in God that our God is such a good God to know wow yeah he is like the immediate response and the immediate relief and peace mm-hmm. that came over me was just so beautiful so it's even mm-hmm. to have that faith to know he's taking care of he's where he is supposed to be and learning that he's so he's healed now i'm selfish because i wanted the healing to happen here on earth but i'm also very grateful because now he's got healing he has peace he can he can go be and enjoy whatever his heaven looks like it's his heaven and he's happy and he's enjoying it there and doing whatever he wants to do which is a beautiful thing and so it's been working through that that process but it's allowed me to just build this this faith of of things just unseen, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. obviously the world right now and what we're going through in this pandemic is is crazy. And there's a lot of fear that has come over people. There's a lot of fear that is coming out that what's been hidden inside of people for so long is manifesting and Mm -hmm. buying all the toilet paper, right? You know what I mean? Like, gosh, it's not your butt, like calm down. But there's other things, right? It's just manifesting in crazy ways. And instead of having faith, so for me, I choose to have faith. I'm not naive. And I only listen to very specific reports and, and 
speeches from people in authority, not media, not where it could be twisted and spotted and planted in different ways and misconstrued, but that I choose faith that we will get through this. I choose faith that God is doing something big with all of this. I choose faith that I have to trust in something bigger because we as humans can't do it. There's a reason in a way that this earth was created that there's so much more. And I would much rather live in a hopeful state and live in an optimistic state than live in fear. Whether and whether it's going on with the pandemic that's happening right now across the world or even just in my own life in general. Like I don't I don't want to live in that fear of not being loved and not being taken care of or not being anything. It's just there's this you can't explain it and you can't teach anyone to have faith either. You have to go through and sometimes we have to go through some of the toughest, most raw, most real things in our life that are absolutely horrible. And I I mean, I would never wish anything that I had gone through on anyone ever, 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 ever. But I also have faith that with everything, God will use it for good. And some of it has turned out in this way with unashamed faith of having that podcast of going, yes, I lived through it, but I was given what I can handle. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to help other people so that they don't have to live with anxiety, with depression, with fear, with condemnation, with shame, with guilt. We're human. We all make mistakes 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about it. However, you should never have to live under that rock that I've seen. I know I've felt freedom. And I truly, I believe and I know in my heart of heart that every single person deserves that and can have it. Whatever they need to do and stand on, whether it is more the spiritual side, whether it, for me, again, it's, it's God 100% but that there is something there and everyone deserves it. So it kind of became my mission now while processing through this and going, then we like, I know this sounds crazy, but it's like, I want to eradicate fear and depression Mm -hmm. and oppression and anxiety and suicide. Like, how do we do that? Because it can't just all be done by medication. It's got to, there's another level, there's another realm. There is something else that is there. Like learning those generational curses of so many things that were passed down. I mean, again, from my dad's side, there's so much depression and anxiety and fear and alcoholism. I'm like, okay, then that's going to stop. Then I will change that because I will not allow this to continue to happen. Well, and it, on this path. You're, hit, you're hitting a really good point of personal choice mm-hmm. because on this beautiful plane that we live on, this beautiful earth that we have, we have free will. Yeah. And like I knew when I was little, cause I had a not, I had similar elements in my childhood to you, not alcoholism, but, but the manic depression from my mom. And when I was little, I knew I wasn't going to have kids because I didn't want to perpetuate it. Like I was like maybe 10 and I'm going, I'm the last one. I mean, cause I'm an only child too. And I'm like, I'm the last one. This, this, this DNA is not going forward. And it wasn't, I didn't have a, a an understanding of it, mm-hmm. but what I was really saying It wasn't about having children or not. It was, I am not going to continue these patterns Mm -hmm. that I I couldn't be aware of at the age of 10. I just knew that it had to stop with me. And having that awareness and that, that decision to take a stand and say, I love myself enough to forgive myself, to forgive my parents, to forgive the ancestors and really mean forgiveness. I mean, forgiveness isn't like I forgive you. Forgiveness is praying for it. Forgiveness is crying over it. Forgiveness is really feeling the emotions behind the 
the multitude of emotions that are involved in forgiveness. And that's when the, that's when it changes. 100%. Absolutely. And forgiveness is not like, as we mentioned, it's not a one time saying. And, and even for me, it took, I, I couldn't even get the words out. People for the first couple of months, every time I would go up and get prayer and work on it would actually have to say it. And I would have to repeat it. And it would still actually be hard to get the words out. Yeah. And, and sometimes people would actually have to intercede and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm standing in and I am praying for her. I am saying these words because I, ju- I physically could not, it was like, I'd go mute because oh. I didn't in my heart yet believe it. And mm-hmm. so and that kind of, you know, is in, as we talked about at the beginning, like I love giving practical steps. And so one of those is that it is saying, I forgive you. I forgive my father. I forgive my dad for this. And what I learned is that forgiveness, there's, there's kind of the blanket forgiveness. But then through this journey, there is forgiveness that I've had to go in for very specific scenarios and situations. Mm-hmm. And things that happened that became a negative agreement spoken over my life. There was a time where kind of like how you said, you know, I look at that and you're like, I will never allow this to happen. Right. So you shut yourself mm-hmm. off. So now it's almost mm-hmm. you shut yourself off to any opportunity of even having it, right. even if you want it. Right. And it's, we don't necessarily want to do that because we want to change it. Right. We want to figure out how do we change the narrative? How do we swap that? So you can have children, but that it's, stopped with you because you did the inner work you did the healing we broke the generational curses we said this no longer can have a hold on my life this is Mm -hmm. no longer depression is not allowed in my generation depression is not allowed in my life this is not a part of who I am and it will not continue to be a part of me nor my children or their generations to come we live and stand in freedom each and every single day and Mm so it's breaking off so much of that but then there's the forgiveness side so I mean my dad one time we were arguing about something like well we weren't arguing. I was just like stopping home, saying hello, eating food. And then I was like, okay, I'm going out on a date with Ryan. He's picking me up. My dad like just starts pouring into me about God knows what at this point. But again, I'm a terrible child. And he's like, mm-hmm. if you ever tell your mother, I will rip your arm off and shove it so far up your ass, you'll never be able to speak again. And wow. I remember just being like, well, I'm just going to stop talking. Like, so I made an agreement with myself of just being like, I just, I can't speak, right? My voice yeah. doesn't matter. I'm not allowed to speak. Like, because that's my parent, right? You're supposed to respect your parents. Mm-hmm. Even if they're cray cray, you know, or going through whatever and not realizing where it's just, that was how I knew love to be. Because right. say that to you. I mean, then that led obviously to very unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. of what is acceptable and what is not. But making those agreements, so I actually had to go in and break that off, but then forgive him for saying those specific things that then caused, obviously, this whole new train of me not speaking, not speaking in current relationships, not speaking in friendships, not speaking in business opportunities, right? It was just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to rock the boat. So I'm just going to sit back here and I'll just take the brunt. If things don't go good or I should have said something, well, I'm just still going to sit back here quietly because clearly when I speak, it caught, you know, it's right. You're going to get hurt. Exactly. Like something's going to happen. So, or something like I'm threatened by it. So it's just each, there's so many different layers to forgiveness. And so mm-hmm. I was, I'm like, even if you don't feel it, cause that was a huge part of it too, is that I'm like, but I don't actually feel like in my mind and in my heart, I'm like, I don't forgive him. I'm saying like, you're having me say this, but what, 
what I learned is that that is what starts to open the door, right? Mm -hmm. So there are things that sometimes we have to start speaking life into ourselves, speaking life into what we do want, just because you don't feel it yet, just because you're not fully there on, on the inside, on the faith side, on the spiritual side. If you start the process, and sometimes I've even started with writing because some, to verbalize things can be a lot for us, depending on how, how deep that scar is, how deep that wound is, how much it's hurting, that by writing it out too, just saying, I forgive. And then you get to the point where you can say it out loud. And then the more you say it, then you start to truly the inner healing, the inner work, because the only way that you can really heal is from the inside. It can't mm-hmm. be... You know, I love that they talk about self-love days, right? Going to the spot, taking a bath, doing the face bath. I fully support those and I do them. But honey boo boo, that is not true self-love. That is not true self-care. Like you got to go inside and do the work as ugly as it is. But you can start small. It doesn't have to be a, well, I did this and oh my gosh, it's got to be grandiose. It's maybe spending 30 minutes and journaling and writing out something that you've just been not wanting to face and forgive whoever that is that hurt you or forgive yourself for maybe hurting yourself. I've oh yeah. 100%. Right. But it's, it's a constant journey. So that's why. And when I didn't realize <sighs> you got to go forgive your dad again, I'm like, what? I don't get it. I'm like, no, this isn't just a one-time fix. We stitched you up and you're good to go. <laughs> like this yeah. wound goes so deep on so many different levels and layers, but we can't handle all of that at one time. Cause had right. it, had God given me everything that I had to process through last year to heal from 30 years, I probably would have died. Like I just physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually could not handle it. It would mm-hmm. have been much. So it came in increments of knowing this is enough work for you to really start a transformation for you to heal. But it's also enough where I'm pushing you past your comfort zone because mm-hmm. it's time to grow. It's time to step into something new. It's time to become the woman that I have called you to be. Mm. That, that combination. Yeah, I, I understand it. Like I, I, I'm pretty aware. I mean, as much as I can be, as much as anyone can be, of watching myself and and not judging the emotions but feeling them. And I had a conversation this week that was very low vibrating, and I got off it, and I started. I didn't even. It was so fast. I didn't even recognize it that I was doing a coping mechanism of trying to hide. And I was hiding in social media. I was hiding on Facebook. I was hiding in my emails. And I was hiding on my phone for about three hours. Mm-hmm. And I don't do that. But I was overwhelmed by somebody who was negative, And that was what my mom was. And I didn't realize that I hadn't fully healed that part of me where I don't have to take on that energy. Yeah, I don't have to take on that emotion from somebody else. I have tools that I use to protect myself from that kind of a conversation. And I just wasn't expecting it. So I got totally taken out. And then I had to go through the process of forgiving myself Mm. for learning this, you know, when I was six or seven, you know, way before I had phones, but I would, I would distract myself and, you know, recognizing that that's just a pattern of coping that I developed because I didn't know any better. Yep. And I don't have to do that anymore. And so the beautiful thing about both the forgiveness and the awareness is like having, realizing that I'm having a behavior come in Mm -hmm. that isn't healthy for me, stopping, not calling myself on it, but calling it out. Yeah. 
And then loving myself, loving my little girl, Mm -hmm. saying, it's okay, honey, you don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. And then doing my emotional healing process. And did I like it? Of course not. (laughs) Why would I like to feel? I wouldn't like it. But but on the other side of it, I actually, in a meditation, I felt my heart healing from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it was such an old wound. And I'm and I know that this was not, you know, mm-hmm. it's the non-physical stuff that I know is healing me. I know is real. I can't quantify it. Yeah. But that doesn't matter because it's real for me. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That's so that's so beautiful and it's such a prime example of life right Mm -hmm. because we're in a we're in this state of constant and instant gratification well I Mm -hmm. healed from this right I went through it quickly you know or I we're good and so we're like we've got this shield right We're, we're protected we forgave this person or we forgave ourselves and we're so great. And then something happens, right? And that's, I think, the whole point of growing and learning is that mm-hmm. you look back and go, well, would you have handled it like that three years ago? Probably not. You wouldn't have had the self-awareness. You wouldn't have had that. And sometimes we forget to acknowledge that that alone is growth. That alone yeah. is transformation. And I've been guilty of it too, right? We allow those things and you catch yourself and you're like, this is not who I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about grace right? We have, we can have grace over ourselves. God gives us grace all the time for that of going, okay, I split into this, but thank goodness for for this awareness. So now all of the tools and the things that I've learned, how can I take this and actually do something with it? How am I going to reshift this atmosphere? Because just like that, negative people will be around. Offense will happen, but you have the choice on how you react, right? It's, it's that free will. Right. So we've got two roads that we can take. We can allow it to continue to chew us up, to eat us, to not do anything about it. Or we can put our foot down and we can go, what have I learned? Or if you haven't learned anything yet, if you're just done and sick of it and you're throwing your hands up and you're like, I need help. And that alone, great. Like, let's find you, right? Call either one of us. Let's let's talk about this. Let's have a session. Like, we are down to help people because it's such a beautiful moment. That's for me. Like I, I'll get on the phone with my mom now and she goes, oh, she goes, honey, you know, you would have never reacted like this a year ago. I'm just so proud. Because <laughs> now my mom, awesome. is my, my mom is like my best friend. She actually called like a few minutes before getting on this. And I'm like, I'll call you back. And she, she truly is like, if I become half the woman that she is, I will be phenomenal type thing because she's just so amazing so it's really cool to hear somebody that I respect and admire and and look up to to go hearing the conversations because so for her and I our conversations have changed we're just on a whole new level of how we can speak to one another because it really had to be like a mother daughter you are a child because I would throw the hissy fits I would still be that sassy, whatever and now we have just such intellectual conversations that go so much deeper than they ever have before on so many levels. And it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing for having that and talking about her and I talk about self-awareness all the time, especially right now with what's going on for a lot of people and even myself where I'll, I'll catch myself going in very similar like you, like I'm just scrolling and I'm just doing things that are very on the surface and mm-hmm. not actually digging in and connecting and, and allowing myself to 
feel the feels because mm-hmm. they're real. We have to do that. But then yeah, how do. do you, how do you call it out? Right. You don't have to call yourself out, but you have to call out that feeling because you are not that spirit. You are not that emotion. So if it's a spirit of fear, you pull that out, right? If it's a negative thing, you pull that out. It's just, we're dealing with powers and principalities, not people, right? So we can break that off. And that's what's so beautiful is that we have control. We 100% do. We just have to learn how to tap into that and understand the difference between the two. So it's really cool. You know, I just, I love hearing when people do that, but I love that you can talk about it so openly and say, this happened this week. This very much happened because that I think is what for me started on the same faith is I got so frustrated with people not not only not being real, right? Not actually right. talking about the ish that they've gone through about the things that have happened, but then they didn't talk necessarily about how they got out of it. They just talk about how they're this great success now and they used to have <sighs> a tragic story. But then they also didn't own up to that life still freaking sucks some days. Stuff still happens, right? We still get a right. Stuff just happens. It just it's yeah. the, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because we are human, you know, our souls. My 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 perception and my faith is that we are divine beings. We are imbued with the energy of God, source energy, whatever you want to call it. Our divine nature is peace, love, joy, bliss. Anything that isn't that is a story of fear or a limiting belief. And yeah. so, what do I want to be? I want to be divine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so if something comes into my purview that takes me out of that state of joy and peace and love and bliss, I know it's not me. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's such, that's, that's the message is like all that stuff that you think is you isn't because you're so much more than what you think you are because you are divine. Amen, girl. Keep going. (laughs) 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 And it's just, for me, I just want every being on the planet to to know that. And, And yeah, we all have some hard stuff to go through because we inherited stuff. Our souls had stuff. It's okay. You're the only one judging you. And so the element of forgiveness is so critical in the healing of those wounds yeah so you can shine Mm -hmm. okay i'm off my pedestal (laughs) i love it it's so and i just what i love about this is that you know we come from two very different walks of life right we're in two very different spaces you know both physically spiritually emotionally age whatever has happened yet what I love about this and like there's just this there's this like childlike happiness inside of me right now because there's just like there's this I don't even know how to explain it but it's I'm so I'm filled with so much joy and so much peace and so much happiness to just hear that at the core of just what we're talking about and how we both feel so beautifully and so strongly of just to help women and men mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. in general to know that we've walked through dark things, but experiencing what that joy and freedom is like on the other side is something that, that I do wish upon everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want them to have that because as you talked about shining to, 
I got to experience last year falling in love. Mm. And I fell in love with myself. Mm, I love that. Time ever. And it was just, and it wasn't like this, oh my God, I got struck by a lightning bolt. And now I'm, it was this slow progression of all of a sudden realizing I'm becoming who I am, who I was called to be. I don't feel like I'm living under this mask or this shell or this lie or this shame. And I truly am like, I, I love myself now all the time. No, I still, you know, I I got stuff to deal with, but I got to fall in love with myself. And then my mom came to visit and she goes, I have never in 32 years ever seen you this happy ever. And that, because my mom had been there by my bedside at this, during the suicide moments, had been there, you know, helping me bandage and cover up my slit arms when I would have to go to work, like, and doing these things would be there, you know, was there when my dad died, was there, I carried her when my stepdad died. I mean, it was just all of these things that, and constantly she could see, because we can't always see, right, what's going on around us, but other people know, and she could feel it. And there was always the angst in our relationship. So to have her come and go to see you filled with joy and with happiness, like, that moment was just like, wow, you know that it was such an internal thing and such a beautiful thing to have happen. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot to get there. And it took a lot of ugly crying. And it took a lot of pressing in and a lot of pain. Because that's one thing I will not lie to anyone about and be like, oh, yeah, just go for it. Like, yes, I will Mm -hmm. promise you that the other side is amazing. But walking through that valley, walking through the darkness, it is not fun. It is not fun. But I will still encourage you. I will still push you. And I will still be there. And I will pray for you all the way through it. Because I also know that the promise of God and the and the freedom that you're going to get is hands down 10 times. I mean, tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold better if you just own in on it, hone it, mm-hmm. own it, press in 100% because you shining as that diamond, as that light, as everything that you were built to be, because all, like you said, that stuff that happens, that's not who we are. That doesn't define us stuff. Yeah. We've packed and we've put in our bag and now we take it with us. And what society has told us is that's who we are, but mm-hmm. society's wrong. Society's always mm-hmm. wrong about so many things. Don't worry about society. Align yourself, you know, for me, align with the word of God, align with God's truth. That's why I can get through this pandemic. I'm like, I know the word of God. The victory is done. It is healed. It is finished. It is good. We have to walk it out in here. But that's what gives me hope and faith and strength through all of this. That Mm -hmm. is fine. That we will be taken care of. And it's the same for you. That your, your salvation, your victory, your healing has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. He went to the cross and died for a reason so it's been taken care of but you do have to do the work you ha- you have the power and the authority inside of you 100 percent mm-hmm. the choice is yours to step into it to activate it to want to do something about it are you sick of being a victim are you sick of of being broke and hurt and tired and angry and exhausted i mean again i was a girl that i would get mad and can't even tell you how many holes i have kicked in doors and walls not proud shining moments at all, but because I didn't know how to manage emotion, I resorted to kicking things, right? It's embarrassing. 
it's embarrassing. That's not ladylike in any way. And then well, you didn't know. Merciful. Right. Like, but it's that like, so it's just looking at stuff and going, it's not, I don't want to live like that anymore. That it, That is no longer who I am. And for a while mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's just me. That's how I was built. Right. It's like, no, 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 no. You weren't built that way. You were built beautifully. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a god. You are a goddess. You are a person that has so much to offer this world. And and things happened and it sucks. But we have this choice. We have this opportunity. And we have this ability to say no more. And you'll find people and some people won't understand it. And some people won't go along with it. And they'll still look at you the same way that you used to be. And that sucks for them because then now they don't get to know the new you. Um, mm-hmm. And I say this because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, they're like, well, I'm comfortable in my circle. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Like, even though it's not good, like, I don't mm-hmm. know what's on it. Like, I can't walk away. I mean, I'm not close to people I was before. Does it suck? Mm-hmm. Did I have fun with them? Were they great people? Yes. It, no, nothing against them. But for where I'm going and for what calling is on my life, this is where I have to be. And I have to walk away from that and to go mm-hmm. with new things because it's really cool because the love and the, the relationships that I have on this side are so much deeper and so much better and so much more intellectual. I remember in the hospital last year and my girlfriend like, was taking care of me and doing this. And I was so overwhelmed that I kept saying no, like I wouldn't allow myself to receive it. She goes, honey, this is what girlfriends do for one another. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. understand that. It didn't, I couldn't comprehend that people just genuinely gave without expectation, genuinely cared, genuinely wanted to pour in this. I did that for other people all the time, but I was never able to receive that. Mm-hmm. I never did receive that. I didn't know what even true friendship was with my girlfriend. Right. So it was the things that start to unfold that you get to learn and get to see and get to experience along the way is that you will find what is meant for you in such a beautiful and healthy way and you'll know it's it's almost scary because you're like I shouldn't be treated this good right (laughs) like I didn't do anything to deserve this that's the great part you exist earn it you don't have to desert like it is not something this isn't like a performance base this is what love is this is what Mm -hmm. love is and it's so oh it's just so amazing it's so Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. indeed it is So my dear, how can people find you? The best way is I love being on Instagram. So Instagram, my handle is at I am underscore Nick, N-I-K Marie. And then the other place too, actually, is I do have the Unashamed Faith Facebook group. So if you are looking for a group of just women, that is a safe space to put prayer requests in we've been going alive a little bit more especially with everything going on since we can't connect in person but I put prayers in there I put devotionals I put worksheets I've just put different posts and things in to help is another great space for just support and to have a, a safe community to be able to build one another up and to help help give you tools right and things for freedom and and figuring that out so that through facebook you can literally just type in unashamed faith and it's a private facebook group and you can request to join and i will go in and approve thank you for the work you do in this world Mm, thank you thank you for hosting a space to be able to share this and and for opening up a safe space to have just such a great conversation you're so very welcome it was such an honor 
Thank you. This is, I think this has been one of my favorite podcast interviews. Oh, ever. I'm not gonna, like, I'm just filled. Like my heart is just filled with a lot of joy right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. The action item of the week is to meditate and allow yourself to fully feel the power of self-forgiveness. Allow whatever judgments you have about yourself to flow through. As you feel them, apologize to yourself. Forgive yourself. My preferred method is Ho'oponopono. It's a Hawaiian method of forgiveness. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. On repeat, until I feel a shift in the energy. However you do it, be really gentle with yourself. Deep healing needs compassion. That's it for the week. Until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Let it flow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.